Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. This segment of the show is brought to you by Hall and & Company. And our guest today is Jeremy Lurie. He's with uh, Plus Delta Consulting LLC in Los Angeles. Jeremy is a uh, the CEO and chief architect of that firm. And he's won awards in the past, the top 40, under 40, executive of the year. Uh, Dr. Lurie specifically has coached countless presidents and CEOs in a transition to shift their management responsibilities to their identified successors. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about succession planning and developing your next generation leaders. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Phil. Pleasure to be with you today. Very nice to have you. And, and Jeremy, it's a, you've got a, a great and storied past, and we always like to get to know our guests a little bit. So could you share a little bit about your background and how you got into this particular line of work? Of course. So my role is CEO and Chief Architect of Plus Delta Consulting, a firm that I started in 2002 after spending several years in big firm consulting at places like PricewaterhouseCoopers and Anderson Consulting. And I left big firm 12 years ago because of their focus on technology and organization-wide changes primarily rather than leadership. For the last several years, I've been focusing more of my energy as an executive coach and consultant in the areas of strategic planning, succession planning, and leadership development. And really, I do two things with my clients, Bill. First, coaching, which is developing individual leaders, and oftentimes it is you know, next generation or Gen Xers who are coming up uh, in the ranks. Uh, and I develop them by teaching them the leadership skills that they need to succeed in their current roles, and then, of course, to advance to the next level. And then facilitation which is leading group retreats or other management development workshops to get teams aligned and on the same page moving towards the same business objectives. And so I've really focused um, this time in combining my background both in management consulting with uh, my background in executive coaching to support several baby boomer leaders in transition, often business owners of family businesses or privately held companies, and just helping them transition into their third acts in life. And while doing so, as they pass the baton to someone, it's often working with those next-generation leaders. And it's a unique niche that allows me to make uh, a tremendous difference in people's lives, just in a tangible way I wasn't able to in Big Firm before. And when it's a family business, there's really nothing more special than that, you know, making a difference with an entire family, not just a corporation. Are there any particular industries or sizes of businesses that you look for when you're we're looking for a new client? It's a great question. Our goal is always making a difference with organizations that are making a difference. That doesn't put us into a particular industry niche, per mm -hmm. se. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have clients that range from startup <clears throat> to some of the world's largest and mo most recognized corporations. With the coaching and leadership development work we're talking about today, though, often they range in the 10 to $100 million space, and typically those organizations have less than 250 employees. 
Okay, so the the small mid businesses up to the mid mid kind of sizes of businesses, those that basically would have some kind of a a management team in place and just need some help in talking about their succession planning. We hear a lot about succession planning these days, Jeremy. Why is it so important these days? Uh, I learned this one actually through a very personal experience with my father. It took him four years to finally retire from the world's largest law firms. And you you can imagine the uh, sleepless nights, the allergies, the asthma that sort of impacted on him. What I've learned over the last few years in focusing this area, Bill, is that we have nearly 10,000 baby boomers a day reaching retirement age. And that's going to continue for at least the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so many of the business owners out there, and especially many of your listeners, need to determine who's going to succeed them as president or CEO before they reach that, you know, retirement today. Others just simply need to build healthy pipelines of leaders who can eventually take over as mid-level managers or maybe it's a vice president position in their businesses. And the unique challenge in our multi-generational environment is that many of those next-gen leaders, whether they're Generation X or even uh, Gen Y millennials for coming up, while they're eagerly awaiting those chances, they don't currently have the fundamental leadership skills they need to succeed at that higher level. And while this may seem like a foreign concept for a lot of baby boomers who had a different lifestyle, a different life path in their professional careers, many of those next-gen leaders have very different life goals and ambitions. And so they might not even accept that presumed promotion, depending on what strings are attached to it or kind of under what conditions it's being offered. So leadership development and especially succession planning is a whole new ballgame in this multi-generational work environment. If I were to ask you, what are some of the characteristics to look for in some of those next-gen leaders? What, How would we, uh, with your experience, how would we look at them and say, well, that's a good candidate or that's not not a good candidate specifically. Is there any particular characteristics you'd look for? Sure. It's a great question. And I'll be honest uh, with you and with our listeners that most of my focus is developing from within. There clearly are some who do not have internal candidates to consider, so they may need to go to an uh, external executive search. Even in that case, I'd offer a few of these characteristics. One is you want someone who at least have some organizational knowledge. You know, I've worked with several CEOs and business owners who've been in their role for 20, 30 years or more. So clearly there's some institutional knowledge there that will need to be passed on. Although that number two or that vice president you're considering probably has been with the organization for several years, knows the ins and outs, knows the staff in general, probably knows several of the primary customers that you're currently serving. Uh, You'd also want to look for someone who have the organizational skills to, you know, operate in different roles at once. Often it's a VP of operations who maybe have some, you know, P&L responsibility. Um, You also want to look for people that others respect. You know, you may Mm -hmm. have a number two who reports to you who, quite frankly, is a problem child leader and not someone that others respect, and while you depend upon him or her, just may not be a good fit. Um, The one interesting thing with this, though, I'll just add, I use this distinction about role-appropriate leadership. So if you were my CEO, Bill, and I were vice president in in your company, if I tried to act like CEO, you'd probably get rid of me pretty quickly because that role has already been filled by you. So as a vice president, I'm going to act in a role-appropriate manner, deferring to you, supporting to you, uh, and such. 
often when people start the succession planning process, they'll look at that number two, as I've had happen with a few of my clients, and they say, gosh, he's really responsible, or he really knows the organization. I'm not sure he could fill this person's shoes, in your case. I'm not sure Jeremy could fill Bill's shoes. So I would just caution people around uh, using that lens of how people are operating today versus where you want them to operate tomorrow. If that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. And it's a difficult situation. A lot of owners are saying, um, you know, I'm waiting for someone to act like they want to take over the business and a lot of times they're saying maybe it's going to be two or three people and do you is, is there such thing as leadership by team for the next generation or is that just a bad idea uh yes and no and, and like any good consultant i will respond by saying it depends uh, my bias is against dual leadership that i've seen office of the ceo type situations where there might be two people in that shared seat there are a lot of challenges inherent with that design. So I always recommend one person at the top. However, what we do find with next generation leadership is many of these people who are being promoted into that president CEO role are not replacing themselves as a singular vice president. I have a couple of clients in mind where that next generation leader was promoted and where he, and there was two gentlemen in this case, so where he was a singular vice president He's now decided to have more of a management team structure, more of a participative leadership style. So it, I'm not opposed to what you offer around participative leadership. I just wouldn't offer, offer that at that highest level. You do want to have a chief executive, in, in my opinion. So this combination of people skills, technical skills, organizational skills, and financial skills, sometimes a tall order because you're, you're pu- pulling from somebody who may have one, be very strong at one of those characteristics, but may be lacking in some of those others. So is that where you go to work and say, let's, get, let's, let's help this individual develop in their other areas and make them more well-rounded as a leader? Is that a big part of, of leadership development? Yes, very much so. And so I mean, we can talk about the leadership development process, if you'd like, for a few minutes. And you know, what is it that I do with those next-gen leaders to help bring them up a level? Um, I'll offer, though, before we do, you know, I have several CEOs within my network one I interviewed recently, wrote a blog post about this called Eight Points on What It Takes to Be CEO Straight from a Successful CEO. So this literally came from the mouth of one of my you know, well-respected and regarded colleagues. Mm-hmm. And he said of those eight, we can't be one of the smart people. CEOs have to surround themselves with people who are smarter than them to manage and perform the actual work. By design, a good CEO's technical skills actually get stale and become less relevant over time as his or her leadership focus increases. So I just share that um, because it is a tall order to have that one person accomplish everything, be ahead of finance, be ahead of operations, be ahead of sales and marketing and such. And so I just want to make sure people are clear, you don't need the CEO to do everything. You mm-hmm. need the CEO to lead everything. It's that next level below, um, you know, second level or even third level leadership. They're the ones who are doing more so. The CEO really is leading those functions, not performing them. Great comments. We're talking with Jeremy Lurie of Plus Delta Consulting, LLC. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Jeremy to share a few stories and some tips, ideas, and precautions that you can use. We'll be right back. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com. 
the show for age 50 plus business owners. We're interviewing over 250 professional advisors for their tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well planned. We upload new 20 minute interviews and one minute highlights every day at exitcoachradio.com. Come listen for a minute. Hey everybody, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach. Hey, let me ask you a question about your patents, your trademarks, your copyrights, your licensing agreements, and your trade secrets. You know, your intellectual property. What are you doing to protect all of those important assets of your company? If you're not talking to experts, you're really putting your company at risk. So what I want you to do is call Hankin Patent Law. They're experts. They've been doing this for 20 years. They ask the right questions so you can protect what you have in mind. Call Mark Hankin at 310 310- 979-3600 for a free consultation. That's 310-979-3600. Give them a call today and find out what you can do to protect your intellectual property. Welcome back, friends. Just a reminder that we've interviewed dozens of advisors on a wide variety of topics, and you will find all of their interviews and highlights online at exacoachradio.com or on iTunes at itunes.exacoachradio.com. And I'm speaking with Jeremy Lurie from Plus Delta Consulting, LLC in Los Angeles. Before the break, we talked about some of the characteristics of developing leaders that you need to look for in your team. And Jeremy, before the break, we also talked about eight points to leadership development and developing a CEO. Uh, Could you share with us more about that? Sure. So again, Bill, this came from an interview where I literally asked one of my trusted colleagues as CEO to sit down with a next generation leader that I was coaching just to share some insights into what it is to be a CEO. This person I was coaching was currently a COO and just looking for, you know, some tips and tricks. One of the things that this uh, CEO, my colleague, shared was about you can't be one of the smart people. And so we talked about that before the break. Um, Another, though, just sort of to highlight that the CEO's primary responsibility is setting the vision and strategic direction for the organization. It's literally mapping where you are now, your present state, to where you're going in the future. The more tactical management and especially day-to-day execution of what gets done is not the CEO's responsibility. So where we talk about uh, CEOs and succession, it's important to make sure we're clear on what we're looking for this person to do because it's not the tactical execution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another mm-hmm. interesting point that I'll share, especially for your uh, listeners, people who are running companies, having an executive assistant is a critical, critical key to success. And I've learned that in my own business, I'm sure you have in yours. Having an assistant is not about ego. It's simply about being productive and managing your time efficiently. It also makes it much easier for everyone else in your organizations to schedule time with you and get access to you when you're a very busy uh, chief executive CEO. So, you know, often I find CEOs who are checking their own mail, scheduling their own meetings, trying to handle everything on their own. It's just not a productive way of running an organization. Yeah, that's a good point. You can really get bogged down these days <laughs> with all the all the mediums that were, were th- that are thrown at us, and it's not effective timing. So that's a sure. great point. What else do you have? Uh, you know, one of the other ones, you can see a successful CEO when he or she adds value to their company and is still able to enjoy their lives, at least a little bit along the way. So that means carving out time for regular exercise, for date night with your partner, 
for reading a book, whatever the case may be. Oftentimes, I know I feel like my business is running me. I'm not running my business. Mm -hmm. So when you see a successful CEO who's doing his or her job efficiently, he or she also has time to prioritize those other things in life that are you know, so important to all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great points. Great points. And um, so when you're developing uh, leadership situations, and you've developed a lot of them, what are some of the greatest challenges that you've had to overcome? And what advice would you give our listeners to address that? Sure. I would say probably two different challenges that have come up over time. One, while we're talking about developing the next-gen leader, one of the biggest challenges is actually supporting that sitting CEO, the person who's currently president or CEO, and helping him or her embrace the succession planning process and step into what I've learned to call the third act in life. And I have a colleague who wrote a book on the third act in life, first act being sort of your younger years through your educational uh, programs, college, and what have you, your second act in life being your professional career. And so many baby boomers who've been in their roles for 20, 30, even 40 years are having a hard time letting go. I shared a little bit about my father's personal journey recently. And so this can be a very sensitive and emotional experience for those baby boomers who are not quite ready to let go. And so I would offer one of the challenges is really focusing the coaching process on him or her to help him or her identify what management responsibilities need to be transferred developing a timeline on when to transfer those responsibilities to others. And again, really making sure that the coaching is for that leader in transition, not just developing your next-gen leader who's coming up. Makes sense. Uh, second yeah. challenge that I sort of alluded to, when the organization is a family business, this can become even more troublesome when families have some, I'll just call them raw dynamics at play, when the family shows up in the boardroom and such. So making decisions as a family can be very different than making decisions as a board. And I worked with one client that you know, literally could not have been any more dysfunctional as a professional board when we began because the family dynamics kept showing up in the boardroom. And so helping families develop a family constitution separate from their succession plan and then treat succession planning more purely uh, definitely has been a challenge that I've faced a few times over the years. Yeah, there's, there's always the emotional um, baggage that comes along in a family situation. Sometimes it's, I don't mean to call it baggage, but it's, it's the relationships that have been set up in the past and the way, the dynamics of how people deal with each other, the trust and all of that. So those are very difficult situations, I would imagine, for you to work with, and it's probably some of the most challenging, wouldn't they be? Uh, of course. It, it, you know, I keep referring to my blogs. It's stuff that I just enjoy writing about real-life coaching experiences. One I wrote was what to do when the boss is your dad. And it's so common. So this one company I was working with in the Midwest, third-generation business when we started looking to pass the baton to the fourth generation. Well, how do you not show up as your president's son, right, for your entire life? In this case, it was about 35, 36 years maybe this uh, gentleman had been his father's son, and that is clearly a primary identity he holds. Having him shift that lens to not acting childlike, but instead acting leader-like, yes. it, it is a challenge, and, and it takes time for people to sort of wrap their head around that one. It's very difficult, and of course... Uh there's the younger generation has all this technology knowledge they come up with and they say you know there's a new way of doing this there's a new way of doing this and the older generation some of them are still waiting for it to go back to how it was before 
<laughs> it's not going to go back. But they, they're not embracing some of these new things. And on the other hand, the older generations are typically really relationship-oriented. The newer generations don't want to talk. Uh, they, they don't they don't value face-to-face as much. It's it's more about what volume of information can you throw out there in a lot of cases. And it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of interesting dynamics going on with this. So I'm glad we have you on the line, and I'd love to have you back on the uh, what to do when the boss is your dad issue because I think that's a fascinating topic. Tell us about your uh, your blog a little bit and what our listeners can do to get in touch with you, Jeremy. Oh, sure. Happy to, Bill. Uh, so for anyone who's listening who wants to learn more, our website is www.plusdelta.net. That's P-L-U-S-D-E-L-T-A dot net. In the top right corner, you'll see a link for the blog and uh, all of these posts that I've referred to today are listed there. Uh, I'm happy to speak with anyone uh, directly, though, if they want to give me a call. Our phone number is 866-PLS-DLTA. That's 866-757-3582. Or you're welcome to email me at J-S, like Scott, L-U-R-E-Y, at plusdelta.net. We've got some resources on our website that I can definitely share with you directly. One that I wrote uh, a little while ago as I got into the space is called a succession planning checklist, the nine must-dos for the retiring business leader. And I'm happy to share that with anyone who is starting to consider retirement or maybe in the midst of their succession planning and would like some additional tips on where to focus their attention. Okay, well, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been very fascinating, and it's a great topic. And again, I'd love to have you back on again sometime soon so we can delve deeper into it. Uh, Jeremy, thanks very much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate the time and uh, look forward to uh, scheduling another one when we can. Thank you, listeners. I've been talking with Jeremy Lurie, Plus Delta Consulting, LLC. Uh, Again, very valuable information for all of you out there in your business succession planning, so please get in touch, check him out, tell your friends about him. Uh, We're going to take a short break now. We'll be right back, so please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 